Virgin Radio. Well, the granny flat situation, we're going to define what this is all about and the gentleman that can certainly do it because he thought it was a pretty good idea. The rulings have relaxed a bit, a lot actually, which is a good thing. Dr Shane Greaves, School of Design and the Built Environment here at Curtin University. Nice to meet you, Shane. Happy to be here. That's interesting. You were just telling me that you started researching this concept because you were living that way. Um, back in 2004, we never thought... In, in, in fact, I... I when I thought about it, actually I started living there much earlier than that and I started making national waves about this in 2004 but I was actually living in there in 1994 and I lived in a granny flat, if you like, for 17 years. And so halfway through that I realised this was actually not just a, a fortunate housing experience for me but it was actually a a great model for a whole lot of other people if only they understood the benefits well we do understand the benefits Mm. these days for obvious reasons there is a shortage of housing but what was it about yourself back then that you found that okay and was it a separate to the main home yes so so the granny flat that i lived in was an old barn actually that was converted yes and it was uh so so i slept in the hayloft but it had its own little kitchenette and the bathroom was outside, um, had a shower in it and a toilet, and then I, that was a, like a ten meter of, of like a five meter walk under a shade cloth to, to the outside bathroom. And then the main house was probably five or six meters in front of in front of the granny flat. Yeah. And the the reason I lived there, so it was affordable for me. And you know, if I told you the rent that I had was ridiculous, it was I think it, it was <laughs> nineteen ninety four. Remember, folks. So the rent was sixty dollars a week for the first. <laughs> probably 10 Let's go years back in time <laughs> and then it went to a hundred dollars oh crazy but you know it wasn't just about the house it was also about the interrelationships between me and the owner and it was where i understood those things that started to realize the benefits and so he was a gold exploration engineer and was spent a lot of time away from his home and he wanted someone to, around to be able to look after his garden and his dog and to maintain you know yeah. the, the property and so it was a i would say uh, like a mutual relationship we didn't know each other Really? When we moved in. In the country or city? It was in the city, Leaderville. Wow. Oh, okay, local. And, uh, and, but the thing is, after 17 years, we knew each other very well. <laughs> you certainly would. Uh, so so it was an interesting thing. I, I, and I just want to labour that point. Um, people don't like the idea of a stranger living in their backyard. And what I find in my research is that's seldom the case. And where I was, I was a stranger to the landlord. I was actually vetted by the tenant before, and they sort of had figured that th- I would be a good match f- for for my landlord. And so, yeah. so we kind of met and we talked, and, and through that process, I moved in for a temporary period. And it was only as our relationship consolidated, and that when I say relationship, we, we spent a lot of time apart. He was often not even in the sure. in the state. But, yeah. but you see, see what and I mean. And you're compatible, and you learned from each other, and exactly. you shared experiences, and so on. That's a amazing back then because it really wasn't heard of. I remember my grandparents having a what was called proper mm. then a granny flat yeah. and they had their children as they grew up staying there and that sort of thing as they got older but why did you then go forward with it? I know you just pointed out how brilliant the whole concept was yeah. the cost and everything but how did you get people to start to take notice because those regulations were different back then. So, so they were and I've got to say my house actually became my, 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 where I was living became a bit of a model for the first um, examples of what the city of Vincent was was saying they would approve because they could see that it was actually unproblematic. And a lot of these places were 
you could say illegal, but they flew under the radar largely because they didn't create problems. And it's really only when situations create problems that you actually again get the... I suppose if family members had their teenagers out in one of those situations, or their pops or nanas or whatever, uh, that, that may not have been a problem. But when you get strangers and there's conflict and that sort of thing, and that could still happen. That was it? the first regulatory changes which would allow non-family members to live in there. Oh, OK. And so they were sort of... They were back in around about you know the 2010s we started to realize that was a good idea Mm -hmm. and of course just got to make a point about that you know who is and who isn't a family member becomes a bit tricky these days (laughs) we have uh stepsons and daughters and girlfriends who are not quite married yet and all these sort of things and so so actually the granny flat accommodates the flexibility of what we would call a, a, a family these days. Yeah, that's very true. So that was the first change. Yeah. What are these new changes? These new changes are, 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 are good. So one of them uh, has been a sticking point is is there is a um, it's no longer necessary for you to build a second car bay if you have an ancillary house. Now that's a very important situation. If you go back to the example that I gave you of me living with the gold exploration engineer. Although there was a second house in the back garden, there was actually no... There was only two of us living on the property. Yeah. And so we didn't need an extra car bay. And then here's there, this is connected to the tree issue. If you need a new car bay, then that often means the tree at the front goes. And so having the having the scope to consider what the situation is as to whether you do or whether you don't need a car bay as opposed to a mandated thing, so that increased flexibility has actually saved a few trees. Oh, yeah, good thing. All right, so, so good thing. So if you do have a vehicle and you are in a dwelling out the back whatever yeah. um you can park on the on the street is that the situation you can par- but you could yes you could park okay. there you could park on your own property okay. actually um it's not on the same topic but it's exactly the same topic i i would just like to say that many of the homes that would generate the how the cars all over the front lawn and in the street are actually normal families where the children ha- have either left home and returned home or haven't left home and they're yeah. going to university and they need their cars and then on the weekend their friends come over and that's why you've got seven cars on the lawn and that's just the period of time <laughs> it's not every day uh, and, <laughs> and we, if we go back to the granny flat you know there was that guy and there was me and you know and what you don't see out there is you don't see families of five building a second house in the backyard and inviting somebody else to come and live in it (laughs) (laughs) no it really there has to be this change for obvious reasons we're short of housing Mm. everywhere young Mm. people are concerned they Mm. won't be able to afford to buy a home Mm. straight away deposits are very high of course Mm. look if anyone wants to call have a question about this you don't mind that do you no nine four eight four one nine two seven the other thing that i will get to ask you to well i'll ask you to explain a wee bit more too is the fact that um granny flats don't necessarily mean to mean they have to be separate and we don't have quarter acre blocks as much Mm. these days do we no that's right but we do have big houses that's what we do we do and now here's the key thing when we talk about granny flats and the regulations restrictions that is about something called ancillary housing and ancillary by the term is the second home so it's a physically separate house now if you had a physically second house but it was joined at the roof (laughs) right it's not a separate dwelling and it's not an ancillary house which means it means it's just the one home 
Okay. All right, but it means that you've actually got a second house yeah. with a kitchen in it and a living room and a shower and bathroom, and it's separate from the main house except that it's joined at the roof. Is that a good thing? It's still a good thing, okay. yes. It just means that... Um, it means that the relaxations that we've had have all been around about the second about the secondary house, but I'm trying to get people to understand that in their big houses these days, they could actually have an internal apartment, oh, right. a granny flat inside the main house, and that is, does, has, attracts no of these regulations whatsoever. And, so it's a separate area, a living yes. bathroom, da-da-da-da. Yes. Homes have to be built that way, don't well, they? Well, they... Here's, here's what I like about this idea. So often the blocks are not um, bigger blocks these days. So not far from here I'm in Manning down the road, um, some years ago I visited a friend's father. He was probably 75 at the same time. He was living in one of these smaller blocks and his own single detached home in it. And we had a perfectly lovely lunchtime barbecue. He went into the kitchen. We had to his living room. And probably about two or three hours afterwards he said, I'd like you to... I'd like you to. I want to show you something. And, he, and he, we walked over to the to the corridor to his hallway, and he said, I "Opened up the door, and there was a big laundry." And he said, "Behind there's a separate room there." And he said, "You know, a few weeks ago I fell over, and I was I couldn't get myself up, and I was on the floor for eighteen hours, oh and gosh. finally someone yeah. came to rescue me, and I felt how vulnerable I was, and I and I thought to myself, gee, if someone was living on the other side of that door, yeah, good point, they could actually have." Uh, this room I could put make in the kitchen and they could have the still have the laundry and the yeah. shower, the bathroom. They could go out through the garage door and through straight through there. I could still go. So we had separate entrances and yeah. we realised that he didn't have to close the door up. He just had to lock it. Yeah. But if he had the same situation, he could knock on the door. That's a great concept, isn't it? And that was a Very small sensible. house on a small lock and it still had scope. Are there other restrictions on that? No. Okay. All oh, right. No. Okay. And here's, here's another example. And this is, this is an interesting one. Yeah. Melbourne. Still different regulations, but I just... Um, so these are a, a family of four. Yeah. Mum and Dad are both professional. They've got their offices. As you approach their front door, you can knock on that door and you can go into their office to the left or the right. Or, as a family member, you can keep on going straight up and you'll go up the stairway and you'll go up into the house and you all live up there as four. Yeah. But downstairs, on the other side of the door, is two apartments inside the house. Now, they rent those to people who stay three to four months at the university. So they're not short-term renters. They're not long-term renters. They're mid-term renters. They tell me they make more money out of that than they do in their business. That makes so much sense. And what I liked about it is they had a young family and they grew up with that situation and nobody knew the separation was fine. Yeah. Look, you're so on track with all of this. Yeah. And a lot of people with big homes, we're going to take a break in a moment, but a lot of people have huge homes. You've just opened up an opportunity for them. I have. That's for sure. Okay, we've got a couple of calls for you. We have uh, joining us in the studio, Dr. Shane Grieve, who's just opened up our eyes to what we could be doing as far as housing is concerned for so many people. But we've got uh, Wendy on the line. Hello, Wendy. Hi, Jenny. Yes, go ahead. I built a granny flat in the back of my yard nine years ago and my daughter moved into it. It's a fully self-contained two-bedroom, bathroom, laundry, everything in it. It's been the best thing I did and I would say anybody who can should. So um, we are quite happy with what we've done and it was 
in a way it was a necessity that we did do that. So I live in the main house and she's contained in the back and that's we great. don't get in each other's way and it's been wonderful. Oh, good on you for, for endorsing that, Wendy. What do you reckon about that, Shane? Uh, uh, Wendy, I'm... Fantastic, because I, I find it's people who've had the experience are the biggest promoters of the idea, and the people who haven't had the experience are more likely to be the naysayers. And, um, yeah, it's very interesting that what the research says, that everybody who's actually had the experience is very positive. And I tell you what, if you do have a negative experience, you are the landowner, and you can actually stop it immediately. Yeah, good. So, exactly. So, you know, you are in control. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, that's so, cool. Are um, you on a quarter-acre block, Wendy, by chance? 680 square metres. Uh, yeah. 682 square metres. Yeah, oh. Nice yeah. size out where you are. That's where it is. It yeah. is. It's <laughs> lovely. I had to get rid of the pool, which nobody used many years ago. That's true. Because uh, yeah. we've been in the area for um, over 35 years. Oh, that's great. So, so, Wendy, I just want to ask you, did you chop any trees down when you put your uh, granny um, flat in? Well, the trees that we had in the yard weren't viable anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I preferred not to have trees. There are enough around. Okay. And they weren't practical. Oh, yeah. The trees were not practical at all. And just in this last few months, I've now got a new fence. And I love my fence because it's on the side where um, it's private yeah we now have a private yard as far as that's concerned yeah, yeah. but no trees were never going to be an issue because i think many years ago when they built put trees in the yard they weren't practical anyway okay. so they were like pine trees or um oh, what's me a gum tree should be out in the bush i've always uh, said that yeah i agree not, Too not messy. in um, suburbia it, well, not only that, they can uproot everything, which we did have quite a few years ago. Yeah. So I don't find trees um, a nuisance on it, especially it makes the everything um, okay. easy to maintain, easy Wendy, to look after. Thank you for that. There's a point that you're making, Wendy, which is very important. That, that is that you're, you're interested in privacy. And you're, you are saying, yeah. I really like my fence. But here you are getting a second house in the in the property. So I, I think that's also very interesting. It speaks to this privacy concern. And in your situation, although you have more privacy concerns with your neighbours, who's in your back garden you're actually okay about? Yeah, that was his daughter, her daughter. Yeah. I, well, the fences were the old, um, what do they call them, the old variegated, horrible things when they first built these houses back in the 70s. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, so, yeah. <laughs> the dark mission brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in able to update, everything has worked out really, really well, and that's okay. Thank you, Wendy. I mean, my home's a family home to go into the future, and it's also got the granny flat at the back. Fantastic. Thanks. Thank you very much, Wendy. Much appreciated. Okay, thank, thank you. Thanks Bye. for that. We've got another call from Pat. Hi, Pat. Hi. Yes, go um, ahead. I'm not sure whether my, my question is relevant, but whether or not the rules have been changed a bit. My uh, daughter has a house in Menorah on the top of Walcott Street yes. with a very steep drop down to the uh, park nearby. Yes. Now, if I build an extent, uh, she's, she's agreed to let me build a wooden dwelling, as it were, yep. whether it be granny flat or an extension. Uh-huh. But an extension, I understand, has to have a doorway attaching it to the main house. Hmm. 
So if I were to build an extension on the back of her house, the doorway from my place would lead under her house. I'm not quite sure if that's the case with the rules and regulations. I can see how they get into it in the sense that they're concerned that there might be a separate entrance, but I think that's really harking back to an older set of rules and regulations, and I'd be very surprised if um, that was actually in concrete. So she should oh, check. Okay. Well, I, I would uh, check. I would well, say you might. I have look uh, over the years. I have had councils uh, require various different things. Sometimes they look at these things a bit sideways and not quite sure what they're going to do with it. Um, there's a key thing which you're saying to me, which is very important. Your family, and if your family, how you live and what whether you go at your same door or the separate door is of no concern to the council. Good point. I agree. Right? But this is Menorah. Monora is going to be in the city of Stirling or something, and, and, and it it's going to. Yeah, so it has the same yeah. rules as the rest of the council, and there's a heritage dimension to to Menorah, and so there is those things exactly. consideration. But you are family. Mm, good point. Mm. So Pat should check again. Yeah, I would, so I'd definitely, I'd be checking well, in. I was in, speaking Pat. to a builder yesterday who does all these kind of things, including granny flats, and he's a what extension, and he said that was the case that. Uh, as far as he knew. Yeah, sort of old days, but I reckon things have changed now. Yeah, and, and oh. also, uh, you're also saying something else there that's triggering me. You're saying extension. Now, remember what I was talking... These rules are regulations about a second house. It's a second mm. separate dwelling. Once they're actually, as I said, if they're connected under the same roof, again, it all falls away as to what you need to do. It's just a house and it's just a family. Yeah. yeah, good point. <laughs> you go and check with the council, yeah, I think, Pat. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I will do that. Thank you very much for your help. Yeah, thank you. Push away, Pat. Nice of you to call. Thank yep. you. And I think we've got Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Good, thank you. Go ahead. Jenny, I've, I've got a unique situation. Um, my husband and I separated uh, quite a few, well, a few years ago, and we, we have a very amicable, friendly relationship now. <laughs> Congratulations. Very amicable. That's the unique part, I guess. People think it's weird. After 45 years, we separated. So um, now we're in a position where we're considering putting a granny flat on the back of the family home for me to live in. Hmm. Yes. (laughs) He'll be living in the main house. That sounds good. Uh, no, I'm thinking this is... Granny flat, sharing the back garden and the back patio and so on. Um... And, um, yeah, what's the question about the last few weeks? Good idea, Debbie. And what I would say, your model, although it's in some ways unique, what it's speaking to is the complexity of families these days. Yeah, true. And it's really talking about uh, walls and costs and all the rest of it. And it's insane for families to be throwing the money out the window when actually they could be accommodating each other and being supportive. And the other thing is what you find about these things, there's the money, but there's also the life. And it's about what you can do to support each other as you go forward. Well, that's exactly right. We're no spring chickens anymore. Uh 
we we decided that you know should one be unwell at any time, uh-huh. then the o- the other one is right there to um, to care for them. So, so this is the great thing about it. This is Granny Flats where you're close enough to be close and far enough away to be separate. So time to go away. <laughs> oh, time to go home, mate. But it's, it, it, stop, it stops the problem of isolation oh, as well. Oh, hugely. Yeah. I'm so pleased you've looked into this. And good on you, Debbie. You, you hang in there. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, I'm hoping that it all happens. It will. Oh, it's it, it, it early on. stages. It will. So good on you. Day. Thanks, Debbie, Thanks, very much. Okay, Bye-bye. okay. Now, looking into the future, yep. I was looking at something some time back about they're looking at designing homes where families live together, mum and dad, grown-up families, grandchildren, and you called it a, a certain term where they can separate with a wall, but the wall can be contracted. Well, that's right. That's the that's the flexibility. That's a hybrid kind of arrangement. Right. But I, I, I use the word utility. And what I'm saying is that homes need to be flexible to accommodate um, the changes in the families. It's a strange thing, but not that people buy homes at certain points in their life. And for example, the most common way to start the purchase is not actually when you got married, and it's not even when you had your first child. It tends to be when your first child needs to go to school, and you need to have 15 years of stability to raise your family. So, so when you have two or three kids, you're really looking at 20 years. So when you buy a home, you bought the home based upon that. Mm. Now, here you are 20 years later on. You have to ask yourself, did your house size, location, everything else was that? And then the other thing that I'd say is that as people get older... Um, well, let's face it, the knobs start falling off. And uh, <laughs> You've been looking, haven't you? Yeah, we have. I'm looking at my own. And so what we find is that, um, what we find is that the, the, the modifications that we need to make in our homes to readiness for our age, we, we tend to be too slow in making them. Mm-hmm. And, and and I like what um, Debbie's proposing there is that what her and her ex-partner are doing are looking further down the line. They're, they're independent now, but they can also see at some point later yeah, on they're going to need to share and support each other. And so I think these, these that situation. And then there's the other one where you actually have the young families that actually need the kids and support from Granny and all the rest of it. And so Granny's only 65 years old, so she's young enough to actually have a life. And then, but what I'm saying is as those kids and family grow up in her bigger house, then what happens to the care factor shifts and actually those those people who are actually Adults, uh, the yeah. parasites start to be the, the givers. That's true. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe that last 20 yeah. years is actually made better that way. Well, this concept, of course, is not new to the world. No. <laughs> We've been just slow on the uptake. It is, and it's an Anglo um, shortfall. It is, you're right. The, the Italians, the, the yeah. Spanish, the Chinese, and lots of people do it. I just want to say one more thing that I think is important. Not every family does it suit. Hmm. Uh, you, you know, it's it's about relationships. Of course, yeah. and, and look, if you don't get on with your family, I'm not no. suggesting you do that. But I am saying, and if it's not family, you can do what you do. You can do, and you that's right. And those relations, but it is about relation. But you can grow those relationships, mm. and the, and the walls and the separations are really important. Yeah, look, it's a very interesting topic, and it's very timely yeah. with what's going on out there. Does that of, of concern to you? I mean, is the answer with what you're saying could be the future of architecture and home design that they do look at? head that far? I'm, I'm absolutely hoping so. Look, yeah. uh, we have very low occup- housing occupancy. In other words, 2.1 persons per house. Yeah. 
that we it's used to have four point five. Yeah. So actually, if we p- put another person in, yeah. we're still one or two people short from where their houses were originally designed for. But we grew up in three by one homes, we right? Were. With three children and mum and dad. Yeah. And then, of course, the seventies or sixties yeah. or something, we started getting bigger homes. That was inflation. Bigger homes. Inflation. <laughs> we're trying to keep. We're trying to keep. We're trying to match with inflation. So as that's why we did it. <laughs> and now we've got these homes where children have grown up and left home, and you've got these Giant. massive homes with mum and dad pottering yes. around and bedrooms not being used. So, so if we yeah. demolish those homes yeah. and build apartments, that's not good. Yeah. Actually, better to remodel the bigger houses yeah, into... I agree. All right. I agree. Great. Thank you very much. Oh, pleasure. You've enlightened us incredibly. Housing is an undersung story in Australia yeah. and, you know... It's a big investment. It's a big investment. Shane, thank you. Oh, pleasure. Dr Shane Greer joining us. Mm-hmm.